This is LJN Radio, and you're listening to Employment Notebook here on LJN Radio. I'm your host, Tim Muma. In this episode, we're looking at religion and if and when it can ever be talked about in the workplace. I understand that can be a little controversial for some people, but hey, that's what these shows are about. They're about learning and understanding how all of this works. In order to do that, we need an expert, so we're bringing in Jim Weber once again. Jim has over 25 years of experience as an employment lawyer and human resources manager, so he's seen just about everything, and he knows the insight into what can and can be discussed and really what the key factors are when you're considering what's appropriate. Now, we're actually going to take some real-life scenarios based on letters that Jim has received on his blog, EvilSkippyAtWork.com. Jim, thanks once again for joining us. Oh, you are very welcome. I'm glad to be here. As I mentioned to you before the show, this topic got uh, quite a cringe from one of my colleagues when I brought it up today. But I think it is something that is important we need to talk about. That's the idea of discussing religion in the workplace. So as you said, we're talking about talking about religion and the do's and don'ts. And we're going to kind of take a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say borrow from your website, but from uh, Evil Skippy at Work, you get some letters in from people that will kind of talk about this type of topic and other uh, areas that you like to write about. So one of the first letters that I saw in regards to this was the idea of basically, when is it okay to talk about religion? Is it ever okay to talk about religion? I guess as a starting off point, I think that's a good place to start. What is the general thought on ever talking about religion at work? Well, my general thought, I get asked this question a lot in harassment training. Also, people Mm. want to know what can they say without getting in trouble. And I tell everybody the general rule, whether it's talking about religion or any other topic, when in doubt, shut up. You know, if you have (laughs) if you have any doubt about whether or not this is an okay conversation to have at work, Mm -hmm. shut up. Um, (laughs) The it's it's a it's a messy thing. Like your your colleague who cringed, you just say religion, and people they do they clench up their internal their internal organs contract. Mm -hmm. I mean, they just the key thing when it comes down to religion. The federal government is really clear on this. It is not okay for an employer to have a blanket rule that says you can never talk about religion. Mm-hmm. The rule is you cannot talk about religion in a way that is unwelcome and offensive to other people hmm. or in a way that might impose a religious practice on someone. Right. So those are, those are the real limitations. But what we're talking about with real people, I mean, look, you know, go back to the Crusades. People get in fights when they have differences of opinions about religion. Mm -hmm. And so employers need to pay attention to what's being said and how people are acting when they do it. But when in doubt, shut up. You cannot (laughs) go wrong with that. And specifically in the letter that was written, it said, you know, it's my faith is an important part of my life and I like to share my beliefs with others. And I think that's a differentiation here is what you're saying is that it doesn't mean you can't still be you, but it's a matter of putting those beliefs on someone or even getting into some sort of argument over religion. I mean, that that's where it really crosses the line. But you, they're not saying you can't be religious, so to speak. And that's absolutely correct. We are not talking about anyone's opinions, anyone's faith, anyone's belief. What we're talking about is their conduct in the workplace. Everybody is free to believe whatever they want to believe. And, you know, there's no way for an employer or your coworkers to know what you're thinking unless you tell them. You can have whatever faith. That's not the issue. The right. issue is what you do to your coworkers when you're at work. And are you making people uncomfortable or are you disrupting the workplace? And in either one of those scenarios, regardless of whether it's a religious belief or some other belief you have, you can't do that at work. You can't disrupt the place and you can't make other people miserable. I think that's a good point you bring up that 
obviously, as you mentioned, religion gets this sort of cringe effect to it, but it could be anything in general that's making someone uncomfortable. It just so happens to be that we're talking about this subject specifically. Yeah, I, I, I really, really, really like bacon. I love bacon. <laughs> and I think about it a lot. But when I'm at work, I don't walk around the whole time like, oh, I love bacon. I want some bacon. You know how much I love bacon? Because <laughs> then, you know, there could be a kosher person or a, uh-huh. a very devout Muslim who that is forbidden for them. And they say, I don't want to hear about you eating bacon. You're, you're making me sick hearing about bacon. Well, it's not the fact that I like bacon. The problem is I'm not shutting up about it and I'm rubbing people's faces in it all day. And whether it's bacon or God, you kind of have to shut up sometimes at work and do your job. I think that's well put. And for the <laughs> record, from what I've seen on social media, some people see bacon and God as being one and the same, just uh, for the record there. That's how much they love bacon. Just There is certainly a worshipful <laughs> nature about yes. it. I, I see that. <laughs> yes. Well, along those same lines, we want to get into a couple more detailed uh, conversations regarding the idea of religion. And again, it's important to remember that when we're talking about this, we're not looking to point out any particular religions because this applies across the board, even though some people might have a a skewed version of what we're talking about here. So another letter that came in was, um, I guess, a concern. The labeling to it was that their Muslim coworker gets special breaks for prayer. Now, again, it doesn't matter that it's Muslim. It could be anybody who's getting that special break for prayer for their religion. Where is the line here? What's the legal side of being able to branch off into your own prayer, having your own break, or where, where does that fall into play when you're talking about religion and coworkers? One of the legal principles when it comes to religion and the workplace is that employers have a clear duty that they have got to accommodate the religious practices of their employees. And what that means is the employer cannot do anything that unreasonably prevents them from exercising their religion or interferes with you know, their ability to do that kind of practice. Mm-hmm. It does not say that the employer has to endorse a certain religion right. or anything like that, but they're talking about you can't prevent them from doing something. And the prayer breaks are the classic example. In some religions, Muslim is an example, and not all branches of, of it, but in some, it is required, and there's a bona fide belief with the employee that at certain times of day they have got to engage in a certain type of prayer and that conflicts with the workday. They can't, you know, not take a break and fulfill their religious obligation. The courts are really clear that if someone has a bona fide religious belief, mm-hmm. employers have got to do what is reasonable to accommodate that. And giving them time off for a break and a place where they can do their prayer has been ruled in court after court case as a reasonable accommodation. But these same cases have said that, hey, if you're an EMT and you're on an emergency call, and it's time for prayers, you can't stop doing CPR in order to do your prayer because that would be an unreasonable request. I'll let somebody die so you can pray. (laughs) So it's going to be a balancing act. And, you know, that means there's going to be some some that are more difficult, but the prayer ones are kind of easy. Is it a bona fide religious belief Mm -hmm. that the employer has to do something so that the employee can do it? The employer doesn't have to spend money. They don't have to start a prayer circle, but they just have to maybe modify their original rules, such as when break time takes place for this person Hmm. so that they can observe their religious practice. Sure. So with this topic specifically, you know, we'll hear from people, well, I could just say I'm a hardcore religious person when it comes to this sort of belief, and then I can get my breaks or I can get days off because it's religious holidays. How do you argue or fight against that if you're an employer? And you're maybe people are just trying to be difficult, but there might be some people who legitimately think they have a right to then do this. Tim, I'm amazed. You are, you are insinuating that somebody <laughs> might lie to get time off of work? Never. 
Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, I, I'm, I need to have spilling salts or something. (laughs) Yeah. You know, and especially when there is a prominent accommodation, like the one you started off asking about the prayers for somebody who's Muslim, Mm -hmm. employers will frequently then see requests coming back. Well, you know, they're getting this. Well, I believe in prayer. So I want time off for prayer too. And the standard is not what does the person want? The standard is what is required of the person according to their recognized reasonable, bona fide religious beliefs. Mm-hmm. And so if somebody just announces their own religion, which has happened many <laughs> times in cases. Yes. You know, I remember once a young man, this was before tattoos were quite as fashionable and popular as they are today. This was, well, I won't tell you what year because that will age me. <laughs> but he had some visible tattoos and the employer had a rule that said, no visible tattoos because you'll wig out our customers. Right. And this young man, by the way, was thinking about going to law school he made a religious accommodation claim and said, I belong to this religion, which he made up, and it requires me to have these tattoos and to proudly display them. And he actually filed a case and it got dismissed right away because the court said, you're making this up. Mm-hmm. You know, there is, there is no recognized belief in the, in the literature out there. And you've presented no recognized religious leader who can say this is required for your religion. And so, there have been cases where a person says, this is just my wackadoodle idea. Right. And, and courts have said, you know, you seem sincere. We're going to say this is really your religious belief. But for the most part, it is going to follow something that anybody could Google and say, you know what? They do fast during this time of month. Or you know what? This religion does have these prayers. Or they do require this type of, of attire. That's the new trend of the cases we're seeing is people, you know, women who may be wearing the hijab, mm. or it could be Sikhs who wear the turban. Sure. There could be different things like that going on as well. And it all comes down to, is it a recognized requirement of your religion, not just your preference? I, I've had Catholic employees say they really like to go to mass every morning, and so they want to be late for work. And they really mean it. They really do want to go to mass. They're not going to Starbucks and just goofing off. They really want to do that. And they want an accommodation of the schedule. But with the exception of a very few denominations of Catholicism, they're not required to go to mass every morning, even though it's something that they say, yay, go ahead. That's a good thing. It's not required. Right. Another question that comes up with this, and the example I used is when I was working at Blockbuster, which might sound old, but uh, it only you know disappeared a few years, you know months ago, years ago, whatever. <laughs> but there would be people who would take their cigarette breaks and go on a smoke break, and it would essentially be like once an hour. And I didn't smoke, and I sort of tongue in cheek would say, "Well, I should get something, shouldn't I? Like it's not like smoking is something they need to do; it's not a medical concern." So I can see that happening here with people too saying, well, yeah, I'm not religious, but why should they get extra breaks? Is there anything that says there needs to be an equal accommodation there? Or is that not the case when you're talking about religion or the workplace in general? Well, there, there does need to be an equivalent accommodation. If your religion required you to do the same thing, you would get to do it as well, even if it was a different religion. But the difference is they have a religious requirement and you don't. And so the employer is entitled to treat you a little bit differently. Okay. There, there's not a requirement that employers treat everybody equally. Right. It's, that, it's that you can't discriminate. And giving somebody a break for their prayer is not the same as saying, well, you can just take a break for any reason. And what I would say to the other person is, hey, when you take your break, you get to go get your coffee or go have your cigarette or whatever. When they're taking their break, they're on their knees doing their prayer requirements. Mm-hmm. So they're not really getting the break like you are. So why don't you go on about your life? <laughs> And not do that. So what would you have said to me if I really raised that as a concern with the cigarette relationship? Because that obviously is not religious in any way. 
what I would do if I was the boss and you raised that, I would, I would ask about what breaks are being taken because the rule is you get a certain number of breaks mm-hmm. during the day or if the employer gives more, that's what they give. There's not a rule that says, hey, if you need a cigarette, you get to take a break. Right. <laughs> you got to fit those into your other breaks. If they're <laughs> taking extra breaks, the supervisor is asleep at the wheel or they're out lighting up also because <laughs> they shouldn't be getting any more breaks than you are anyway. That would be the issue I would say there. Sure. What, I, what I would say to the person who says, hey, they're getting a prayer break. That's not fair. I'm not getting one. I mean, I joke about it now and say, oh, just shut up about it. But I would be very respectful of that person and I would explain you know, this is a legal requirement. Right. If you have a religious requirement that requires us to do something for you, please let me know. But this is not really a break. This is not a benefit. This is something that we are doing to allow them to observe their religious practices. I think it's a very good way to phrase it. And, and as you said, there there is a way to handle it properly. There is. There, and it's, it's usually adult conversation, treating your employees like an adult. The problem is they don't always act like an adult. But if you treat them like one, sooner or later, they'll at least move up closer to that target. Another popular thing that comes up in regards to uh, religion is especially around the holiday season. And Uh I don't know if there's confusion with it or if it's, again, people being a little difficult, but it's the whole idea of saying Merry Christmas, which is common, whether you're Christian or you're just talking about the, you know, secular Christmas idea versus saying Happy Holidays to make sure you're not offending someone, to make sure that they're not going to be, you know, put off by what you're saying. Is there anything on the book, so to speak, that you can or can't say Merry Christmas if you just happen to be Christian and that's what you like to say? There's not a rule about this. I can imagine a case that if an employer required all employees to say Merry Christmas to everyone, Mm -hmm. there is going to be somebody with a bona fide religious belief that says, I can't say that out loud. But that's a far cry from saying, can it be said anywhere? Saying Merry Christmas I get in trouble every time I say this in classes, but saying Merry Christmas is not a religious act. Hmm. Christmas means many things to many people uh, across the world and particularly in the United States. I mean, there are people that Christmas is a very, very religious experience and that's all it is for them. There are other people that are not religious at all that celebrate Christmas. I mean, I have Jewish friends that have the best Christmas parties. I mean, (laughs) it's all the secular part. It's you know, they like the Santa, they like the presents, right. they like the decorations, but there's no religious meaning to it for them. And then there's everything in between. I mean, if you want to pick a diversity issue, feelings about Christmas is a great example. And saying Merry Christmas is almost like saying good morning in some ways, because it's not a religious act all by itself. But that being said, people can still use those phrases in a way that does start taking on a religious connotation by saying it over and over to the same person or maybe going further, you know, have a blessed Christmas, you know, oh, sure. hooray for the you know, birth of our Savior. I mean, <laughs> if, they start, if they start going into more religious language, then using the cringe analogy, the cringe, cringes start to come up. But merely saying Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, whatever it is, it is a, it's a polite greeting. It might be a festive greeting. It's not a religious act. Merely saying it does not impose religion on people. And when employees say, I feel offended because at work somebody said Merry Christmas to me, I tell those people either see a therapist because you're overly sensitive and you're going to kill yourself with worry or stop being such a twit. You're just making this up because you got your underwear in a knot about something else. There are a lot of people when I do classes that when it comes to religion, and it's on every side of the fence and everybody gets involved, the religious Mm -hmm. people, the atheists get involved, everybody gets involved. It's like, I don't want to be the one 
who isn't being treated well. And so, well, you're saying Merry Christmas. I don't want you to say Merry Christmas. And people, it just, they get stubborn and people start quoting, oh, they're attacking Christmas and I have to protect it. And I just want to tell everybody, take a deep breath, have a sip of wine if it's not a sin for you, (laughs) and, (laughs) and relax because people are just talking. They're living their life. And I know these people go into the stores during that time of year where there's Christmas decorations up. And I know they do not fall into a fetal position on the floor saying, I'm so offended. I'm seeing these signs of religion around me. If they they can deal with it at Safeway, they can deal with it at the office. The rule is you cannot harass people by making unwelcome uh, comments or doing unwelcome things or imposing a religious belief on them. I mean, if you say Merry Christmas at work, that's fine. If you say, hey, we're going to celebrate Christmas, come into the break room, we're going to fall on our knees and reenact the nativity. Now we got a problem. That's a little too far. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, just a touch, just a touch. You know, but are you exercising religion or are you just going about the regular professional day? I mean, it, it's, it's a call for patience for everyone. And sure. I think we, we can see that in politics and the news as well. And we see so many things going on in the world. But if people, you know, live and let live, if that's your belief, that's your belief. And go on with our lives instead of turning it into a, well, sometimes a militant activity. <laughs> How about, is there a gray area if I know, say I'm Jewish and I know somebody is Christian and I say to them, happy Hanukkah, even though I know that they don't believe the same thing I do or vice versa, if I'm Christian and I know someone's Jewish and I say to them, Merry Christmas, is there a concern there if there is somehow the previous knowledge that in that case that is harassing them in a way? Under the scenario you just described, that would not be harassment. It It is a pleasant greeting. I can imagine a scenario where an employee has made their own sensitivities so strong and they've made them known to everyone that, you know, they've made it clear if anyone says this to me, it is offensive to me. If an employee then went up knowing this person had complained about it and gets right in their face and says, hey, Merry Christmas, and they're doing it to torment them. Right. Okay, that's that's a discipline issue. Tell that person to shut up. And if enough people do that, that could be harassment. Mm-hmm. But a sincere, hey, Merry Christmas, because that's the season, and not overdoing it and trying to push religion on the person is absolutely fine. I had a complaint this year that was kind of the reverse of what you said, that a Christian employee got very upset because a Jewish employee said Happy Hanukkah to mm-hmm. them. I'm sorry, said Merry Christmas to them, and the person themselves were not were not Christian, they were Jewish, but they said Merry Christmas. And this person filed a complaint that said a Jewish person should not say Merry Christmas oh, because it, mo- it mocks their religion. <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least you said Jesus and not Jesus because then they would get really <laughs> upset. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I'm the one that needs therapy because I just want to line the people up and slap them and say, would you just <laughs> stop it? <laughs> you know, the world would be a better place if we just kind of took a deep breath. <laughs> And didn't get so mad all the time. Which is funny because, as you said, you want to sometimes slap these individuals. And obviously, you're speaking a little tongue-in-cheek there. I'm looking at the letter that this uh, was referencing, the idea that Christmas comes from Christianity and it's a Christian nation. And you have a a graphic there that literally just says slap. Like, really? Can we get over ourselves, please, when it comes to this? So Yeah. Yeah. Well, and the other question I was going to ask about this, because I've run into this sometimes for myself when I'm responding, say, to a guest that I had on a show or we're going to have on a show and they're going through a difficult time. You know, there's a common phrase that people use if they do believe in prayer in some fashion that they say, you know, I'll pray for you. Where is that in terms of being okay? Um, again, that's not necessarily putting on someone's belief, but if I'm if I'm someone who doesn't believe in the same God as you do or I don't believe in God at all and you say, I pray for, I'll pray for you, 
again, I could see where that might be offensive to someone, but I don't know where that falls in legally. Well, you are correct. Some people are offended if someone says that to them. Other people, I mean, I don't care. If you want to pray for me, you pray for me. I don't care what God you believe in. I will take all the help I can get. <laughs> but some people do get offended. It's only harassment if a reasonable person would be offended. And merely saying, I will pray to you, pray for you once to someone would not uphold that standard. If, again, if you said it to somebody because you were concerned about them, oh, I'm concerned, I'm going to pray for you. And they said, you know, I'd rather you not pray for me. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not into that. Well, then don't say it to that person again. But saying it once is not ever going to count as harassment. It's okay. a sincere, comforting word. Unless, again, you're doing it in a way that is trying to impose religion on the person or sending a clear message to them that you disapprove of their own personal beliefs or things like that. I get the complaints a lot when I do the investigations where somebody is upset because somebody said, I'll pray for you or, you know, have a blessed this. Making religious statements in the workplace, what we always come back to is the person being excessive about it. Are they doing things in the workplace that disrupts it? In some cases, I would tell people, you need to, you know, like the Bible says, put that light under more of a bushel than you are, or maybe tone it down a bit, depending on what they're doing. It's a case-by-case thing for the workplace, but the key is they shouldn't be annoying other people, and the other people should not be getting annoyed too quickly. So who's being the reasonable person is what I try to figure out, and it could be the complainer or the one being complained about. You never know for sure until you talk to them. And I hope the listeners have noticed that you have been consistent in talking about it has to be this point of excessiveness or intent in some way. And hopefully it would be obvious to someone when you you are crossing that line. So hopefully, again, people are listening and understanding that portion of it versus just basic expressions that might be used, as you mentioned. Exactly. It's what is the impact? What's the impact of what this conduct or what these communications are having in the workplace? What is the impact on the other people? And, you know, what is the quantity? Is it happening? Is it pervasive? And we're going to look at the overall picture. There's not a rule that says, you know, one certain comment, no way. The last, I guess, topic related to religion was an interesting one to me because I hadn't heard this phrase before. So the letter says, my boss keeps telling me that we need need to have a come to Jesus meeting. (sighs) This makes me feel uncomfortable. I'm not a prude or anything, but I, I don't like such a casual use of Jesus's name. You want to explain a little bit of what this is? Because I was even confused to it. Because when I hear come to Jesus meeting, yeah, I think you're going to be preaching, but that's not necessarily what they're talking about. But this yeah. person is saying they're offended because you're using Jesus' name casually. So it's kind of both sides here. It is. It is. And so on the one hand, you, you can't impose on a non-religious person the obligation that they can never, you know, speak in a way that, you know, a religious person would say, oh, that's a sin and, you know, swearing. There's a difference between damn it, and I don't think I can say God damn it. No, I just did. (laughs) And what it comes down to is what level of decorum, what level of professionalism in this workplace is correct. And I think just like most employers would say, you know what, you don't don't get to go around the workday saying all of this, all of that, or Buddha this, Buddha that. Mm. Well, you don't also get to say, hey, Jesus this, Jesus that, because one, it's religious talk, but two, there will be some people in the workplace that are going to be uncomfortable with it, and there are going to be some people that might be offended by it because you're using a phrase that is special to them in their religion. And so it comes down to the, the balancing of would a reasonable person be offended, not, not merely disapprove, but would they be offended by these comments? And so somebody says it once in a while, not a problem. 
over and over again, it could be. And in that letter, the come to Jesus meeting, I actually went to Urban Dictionary to make sure that I, I got this <laughs> right because my mother used to use this one on me. She was, she was kind of religious, but she would occasionally say, all right, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. And it didn't mean a sermon. It meant you were going to get yelled at. They're going to lay down some more commandments. <laughs> you know, we had 45 <laughs> commandments at my house. And so it's like, we're going to lay more down on you. you know, more, it's, it's more a matter of, you know, the day of reckoning is here. <laughs> and that's what the supervisor was doing in this case. And I, I got in contact with that letter writer to get some more information. Mm -hmm. And it was a phrase the person used as slang whenever they were going to have anything even remotely like discipline. All right, we're going to have a come to Jesus meeting. And it just got on the person's nerve that they heard Jesus over and over and over again in the workplace being used in a very casual, slangy way. You know what? A reasonable person of religious beliefs would be offended by their religious, you know, figurehead being talked about in such a casual way over and over and over again. And so in that case, I said, you know, that supervisor needs to stop it. Not because merely saying Jesus is always a problem, right. but the way and the repetition has become an issue. I think it's fascinating, too, because, as I said, I didn't know what that phrase meant in the casual meaning of it. But there are a lot of phrases people might say that you don't know what the background is. And exactly. I could see where people... You know, not even thinking, like, as you said, it was a phrase your mom used, so you used it, and mm -hmm. you didn't even think of that religious side, so. There's a lot of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I can imagine. There are ones that I'm sure we all don't know about or, or that we use that are just offensive in general, so uh, yeah. something to keep in mind, I guess, when we're using those phrases. To wrap up here, uh, I think these are all very fascinating to me. Uh, again, uh, for those listening, whether you're religious or not, I'm sure it's come up at some point, either on a personal level or within your organization. What would you offer up? to the employer out there, the HR manager, the people who are in charge of worrying about this type of stuff, as far as handling it, getting out in front of it, what would just be your general advice based on your experience? My advice would be for the managers and for HR to be consistent about this and any other rule and that they relax. I think a lot of times problems happen because management realizes there is a potentially religious issue going on here and they clam up, like you said, the person cringes, and they don't know what to do, and they tend to either overreact or make it worse by trying to explain too much. And I say, you know, don't worry about the fact that it's religion. Focus on whatever conduct is taking place mm -hmm. and ask yourself, what is happening in this workplace that is either making people uncomfortable and interfering with the work or disrupting the workplace or otherwise violates our clear workplace rules? And just focus on the conduct not the reason for it, not that it's a religious belief or an anti-religious belief that's causing them to talk, but focus just on the conduct. I mean, if somebody went running through the workplace and for no good reason was yelling, get out, get out, there's a fire, but there was no fire, you would discipline them for you know, communicating in a way that disrupted the workplace. If they said, hey, I think you're fat and ugly, you would discipline them for disrupting the workplace or being rude. And the same thing applies if it has some kind of religious connotation. Are they disrupting the workplace? Are they doing something that's inappropriate for this workplace? Are they making other people feel uncomfortable? And if they are, deal with that. And it doesn't matter that it's religion. It doesn't matter. Some very practical advice there to wrap up the show. Jim, as always, appreciate the anecdotes that you have as well as your insight because you have been there. You've experienced a lot of this, seen it on numerous different occasions, I'm sure. And uh, it does give our listeners some good background to understand how it might work for them or how they need to handle it. So thanks again for coming on. Hey, you're welcome. 
That'll do it for us here on Employment Notebook and our conversation about the discussion of religion at work. We did that today with Jim Weber, an experienced employment lawyer and human resources manager, and he always brings us some great examples and great stories to help really hammer home the points that he needs to make. If you'd like to get in touch with us about this show or any of our episodes on LJN Radio, send us an email to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com, or you can find us on Twitter at the LJN. You can also check out all of our shows on iTunes. Just search LJN Radio in the iTunes store. For everyone here at the Local Job Network, I'm your host, Tim Muma. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.